upon them. And Lord God, we proclaim a destiny upon their life now in Jesus' name of godliness, Lord. Have your hand upon them, everyone. And Lord God, we pray, let no seed be stolen from them. In Jesus' name, we seal it now. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Pastor Mike and Pastor Joy and Stephen Alley for having me. Thank you. You know, I just want to uh, just quickly share a little bit about what happened at the camp. You know, we've got a, like a minute or not even that maybe video segment tonight just to look at. And then we've got, we'll do a more, better, another pre- presentation next week probably. But, uh, you know, we had an awesome weekend this weekend. You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that was so cool was that we had our normal kids church team out there. But also we had like about five or six youth leaders come out with us. And... Uh, <clears throat> And you know what, tonight, man, I just really want to honor Anna and, and, and the other guys that came out because it was so awesome working together with the youth leaders. You know, it's something powerful when the kids and the youth come together to do something. And it was just, for me, it was just so awesome because, see, that hasn't happened before. And uh, it was just so awesome to see that unity coming. And uh, because the reality is, is that these kids are growing up and going up into the youth. And, uh, and so, you know, that is, that is awesome to have those guys out there, man. They just had so much energy. I thought I had a lot of energy. I had nothing <laughs> compared to those guys, I tell you. They were awesome. So uh, we had an awesome week. Nearly fell off the step. We had an awesome week this week weekend. We had about 120, 123 kids come. And uh, about we had about probably 40 of them that were unchurched or went to a, uh, you know, a different kind of church. We had 20 from one school, St. Matthew's. So, I mean, you can imagine a lot of them were probably have grown up in a traditional church. And uh, we had such an awesome, awesome awesome camp. Man, I tell you what, the presence of God came to that camp, and it was the best camp that we'd ever had, and it was so good to see because we were actually praying and believing for that. You know, on the, on the Saturday night, which was our big night, we, uh, we were just really believing for the power of God to come. We had about, we had 40 salvation packs, and they all went, and we ran out, so uh, we had about at least 40 kids saved and, uh, at that camp, and uh, we, we had other kids who, who recommitted their life back to God, and the other awesome thing was, was last night, Pastor A did a, uh, got all the kids up who wanted to pray in tongues. And uh, there was, we counted 30 of them that came up to pray in tongues and they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Man, but you know what was even better? Was probably at least, at least half of them weren't church kids. And I uh, mean, this, this one boy, and uh, we'll probably have a photo of him next week. He was, he was just so excited, man. When, when he, you saw on his face, he was right up the front. And he saw on his face, and as soon as he got tongues, he was like, yes! And uh, he was just hard out, just praying in tongues. And there were, like, other, other kids hard out praying in tongues. And, man, it was just so awesome. You know, there were, there were a couple of kids that I heard of that, uh, that got visions of them preaching to, to hundreds, even thousands. There was another, another boy who had uh, sinus problems at the, uh, right up to the age of five, from the age of five, sorry. And within five seconds, it unblocked. And, uh, and we, also, we also had... Uh, I was talking to one girl, and, and she had been brought up in a church, but had never seen nothing like this before. And, uh, and so I just prayed for her, and, and man, she, the power of God just hit her. She wouldn't fall over, though. She was going back like this all the time. And uh, I said, look, that's fine. You don't have to fall over. But I said, the power of God touched you, didn't it? She was like, yep. I said, you can't deny that God's real. She said, no, I can't. And it's like her life was so changed. And there were so many kids that lives were so radically changed because, see, you know what? Probably, probably half of those kids didn't actually realize that Jesus was all about a relationship. See, so many of them actually thought that it was a religion, 
and that, going, and that it was all about just going to church. But see, this weekend has challenged them about actually, no, it's a relationship with God. And actually what happened that weekend, that is what it's about, being a Christian. That's what God is about. And man, so many of those kids have just leave, have left that place just so blown away with mindsets broken and lifted off them. And I believe that there's destinies that have been set in place at that camp. And there are kids that, that are going to arise from that camp, man. And it was just so exciting to see so many unsaved kids just jumping around, worshiping God, praying in tongues, getting visions, getting prophetic words. And, and the man, it just rocked, I tell you. It was just so awesome. So if we got that clip, then um, we'll just have a quick look at that. That's the boy in the blue, receive tongues. I'll just quickly tell you, one other amazing thing about that meeting was that those, normally on meetings we have a game and stuff first, we had no, we went straight into worship, and then Pastor Ray preached, and for three hours those kids sat without talking, without being disrupted, and kids don't sit for three hours. Man, parents would know kids don't sit for three hours, but man, they sat for three hours just totally taking in what God was doing that night. Man, that was just amazing in itself. So without any further ado, let's welcome Pastor Andrew Shepard! Thank you. Thank you. Take your seats. I love this church. It's so cool. It's so cool. I just really want to honor Stephen Alley because God's given you some great people to work with the kids with a really uh with a really powerful anointing upon them. And I just feel that they're just about to break into something really incredible. Those schools are ripe for the taking. And you guys are going to invade those schools significantly in the next few years. And so I want you to continue as no doubt you are as a church to pray for the kids' ministry. Uh, it is our future. And uh, if that doesn't happen, nothing else does. And so I want to honor them and their team. Uh, the youth, as have already been honored, but also their team who just worked incredibly. And uh, no one knows how tiring it can be to uh, be involved in a kids camp until you're involved in one but they did it with such enthusiasm and passion and commitment and initiative it was just really 
awesome for us, Brett and myself, who've done camps for you know, 10 to 20 years just to see how well the team works. So we want to really honour them. Awesome. Uh, we had a great time at camp. God really did some, did some cool stuff, let me tell you. Um, we just talked about them being a star, and we did four major points over the weekend of shining for Christ, about the key scripture was to shine in a dark world. And I really encourage the kids to uh, not cover up the light that's within them, but to let God shine within them, let that light come out uh, and touch their friends. Uh, second one was talk. We talked about the power of the tongue and about words that have been spoken over kids that had caused damage. And we had this time of healing. We encourage kids to be speakers of life and not speakers of death. And I uh, had a powerful time there. Of, uh, at the end of that session, what we did was I got every one of the leaders to get up. All the kids were sitting in their seats in the room. And I said, what we're going to do for the next five minutes, we're going to put a worship tape on and you're all going to walk around and you're going to eyeball, we're going to eyeball every kid in this room and speak life into them. And that was one of the most powerful times of camp as kids started to cry, kids who wouldn't look in your eyes, but we lifted up their head and said that you're a world changer and God loves you and just powerful stuff. So that was the second session. The uh, third session was aggression. We talked about being filled with fire and the power of God and that was the baptism and vision and power night and it was, it was amazing to see how God moved and how quickly the kids received on that night and the last session this morning was released that we're releasing them now to go and do what really mattered go and put uh, the rubber on the road go and actually live this life out have the guts to actually pursue it and make it a lifestyle not just a nice experience for a few days and within two weeks be exactly the same but actually change and uh it was awesome, awesome. I'm so excited about what God's doing in this place and just so privileged to just have a part of an investment. Uh, Steve was talking about investing in good soil and I just know that every time I've come here, it's just like fertile soil that we're sowing in. And every time I come back, I see the growth and the fruit and it's really, really cool. So thank you again for the privilege of uh, Brett and I coming and thank you for the privilege of speaking uh, in your church. It's a great honor. I want to share, uh, before I get into the word, just quickly, um, my relative, uh, who uh, is very famous throughout the world, uh, would like to just share something with you. Uh, he came to camp. He's world famous. He costs too much to get in person, so we had to get him via video. But uh, I thought that seeing uh, we had the video, that we shouldn't waste it, and we should allow uh, you guys tonight to have the privilege of uh, seeing the incredible illusion of the great Shapardo. Ladies and gentlemen, live via the screen. Please watch carefully. The great Shapardo. Sponsored by LG. Now, if that doesn't play soon, I'm going to sing and dance, so that should motivate you to really hurry. Okay, that red, that red symbol is a really bad thing. That red symbol is not cool. Okay, I need, a, I need a signal whether to keep going or not. Is the Shapardo not coming? Here we go. Come on, Shapardo. Everyone's waiting. You can do it.
It's reading. It's reading. Is that good? It's DVDing. Yo! Let's give the great Chapato a hand. Amazing. Absolutely incredible. Well, wasn't that worth the wait? That's going to change your life. Let me tell you. Whew. It had to be good after that wait. Such an incredible build-up. Okay, let's pray. We thank you, God, that we can have fun in your house. We thank you this house is a house of joy, of life of power, of change, of an encounter with a God who's not dead, who's living, who's real, who's active, who's at work in this world and at work in our lives. Lord, from the youngest kid to the most senior person, Lord, you just love to touch us. And I pray tonight, Spirit of the living God, that these wouldn't be just words, that these wouldn't just be illustrations. It wouldn't be just, Lord, uh, just, uh, just stuff, Lord, but it would be stuff that would change our lives, that we could... Lord, apply it to ourselves and cause change not only to come to us, but, Lord, it would flow out of us into our community. Lord, we pray for the region, Lord, around this church that so desperately needs you. And we pray, God, for a fresh visitation of your spirit upon this land. Lord, we see that it is fertile in the soil, but not in the spirit. And we pray, God, that you would dig up the hard soil of people's lives and the spiritual world. There would come, Lord, a digging up of the hardness of heart, a digging up of the sin, a digging up of the things that are binding and restricting and stopping fruit and life coming in this region. And we pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that as farmers, spiritual farmers in this place, that we would have a fresh anointing upon our lives to go out and to dig up the ground and to sow seed, that we'll see good spiritual, um, good spiritual fruit come in Jesus' name. So Lord, let there be life in this preaching, I pray in Jesus' name. I want to talk to you about I Spy, one of the favorite uh, games as a kid. I Spy with My Little Eye, something beginning with, we're not going to play it, but you know the game. Walt Disney, one of my heroes, 
tells a famous story about when he used to play with his daughters when they were young in a park across his home. He used to visit there regularly and it was a little dodgy carnival that used to hang out in the park over from his road in LA. And the kids loved it. They loved playing on all the different rides and he particularly liked the carousel and it was a big carousel and he really loved it. And from a distance, this carousel was really cool. But one particular day, he was really taking note close up and he started to notice that the carousel had chipped paint. From a distance, it looked like all the horses were going up and down, but only one row of the horses went up and down. The other ones just were stuck there. And he got a vision on that day of what would it be like to have a park for kids where there was no chipped paint and all the horses jumped. And that was the foundation vision of Disneyland. He saw something different. And he saw beyond what he saw in the carnival and he saw a place called Disneyland. It wasn't there yet. But the, the blueprint was birthed in that park. And God has a blueprint for our lives. God has a great plan for our lives. And tonight I believe that God wants us to see something new. Not just for our lives, but for what God's doing in this church. Let's open to Numbers chapter 13. No doubt this scripture has been preached many times in this place. But I felt an urgency to share some things from this scripture tonight. And I felt even as I was um, sitting there during the worship and the praise, that God began to speak to me that just as the spies went out and spied the land, and 10 came back with a bad report and 2 with a good report, We know it took decades for them to enter into the land. I felt that God was saying to me about this church that it's about to enter a new place. That it's about to go to a new broad place. But that first of all, there's going to be a work in the hearts of the people of the church to bring them to a new place of seeing. A new place of being. That God is wanting to stretch you, your spiritual capacity to put upon you a greater anointing, a greater passion for the lost, a greater hunger for the community. And he's going to do something deep within you and give you a new capacity and take you to a new broad place. And as that happens to individuals in the church, something is going to snap in the church and it's going to launch into something new, something brand new, something fresh, something powerful that will really influence and infiltrate the community that surrounds this church. Numbers chapter 13, forgive my croaky voice, I've been uh, preaching hard and loud for the last few days, so just ignore it and let's, um, let's read Numbers 13, 21. We all know that Moses sent out the spies into the land. So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahob, near Labo Hamath. Going northward, they passed through the Negev and arrived at the Hebron, and there's all those tricky words. Verse 23, when they came to what is now known as the Valley of Eskol, they cut down a cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. They also took 
samples of the pomegranates and figs. At that time, the Israelites renamed the valley Eshkol Cluster because of the cluster of grapes they had cut there. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the people of Israel in the wilderness. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report. We arrived in the land you sent us to see, and it is indeed a magnificent country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the proof of the fruit as, sorry, here is some of the fruit as proof. But the people living there are powerful and their cities and towns are fortified and very large. We also saw the descendants of Anak who were living there. The Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, Jebusites, Amorites live in the hill country. The Canaanites live along the coast. But Caleb tried to encourage the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once. Let's go at once to take the land. We will certainly conquer it. But the other men who explored the land with him answered, We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we. So they spread discouraging reports about the land among the Israelites. The land we explore will swallow up any who go to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. We felt like grasshoppers next to them. And that's what we looked like to them. Twelve people seeing the same thing, two different viewpoints. See, as you look upon this region, you will see the same thing physically, but you interpret it differently spiritually. And my question tonight is, what do you see in this region? What do you see when you drive out of this church and down along the main roads? When you go to school, when you shop, when you go on top of that, what's the big hill called? The Tomato Peak. What do you see? Spiritually, what do you see? And what sort of report do you bring back into this house? Caleb saw his big God. The others saw the big giants. And there are giants in this land. Amen? There are spiritual giants in this land. But we see a God who makes them look so small. The schools are giants. But compared to what God can do, they're small. The atmosphere over this town may be a giant. But compared to what God wants to do, it's minute. Do you know that God specializes in moving in areas that in the natural look hopeless? <laughs> That's why we should be excited about living here. Because God's going to do something. He's going to do something. It's just a matter of when. It's just a matter of when. In verse, in verse 33, they say, we saw and we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. We can't see in our own eyes. If you see this place in your own eyes, if you see the youth in your own eyes, if you see the children in your own eyes, if you see families in your own eyes, we look and see no hope. 
but we don't see in our eyes. Ten saw in our own eyes. Two saw with God's eyes. And it was the same thing, but looked totally different. What eyes are we looking at? In whatever ministry we're called to, what eyes are we viewing with? When we look at the young people of this region, with what eyes do we see them? The result of the carnal view was death to a generation. Numbers 14, 29 tells us that everyone 20 and over died in the wilderness. In verse 34 of Numbers 14, we see the 10 spies caused the children of Israel to wander for 40 years for each day they'd spied out the land. In verse 37, we see the 10 spies were struck dead with a plague before the Lord. But Joshua and Caleb, mm, it said, listen to this, Caleb was different from the others. This church is different from other churches. You know that, don't you? And no doubt people uh, chuck all sorts of stuff at you for that. I mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming. That's the way you meant to be. Different from the others. Different from the others. Are you different from the others in your workplace? Are you different from the others in your school? Jesus, help us. You see, when I get out my binoculars and I do this, I can see Dave's whiskers. I need to shave. But it's all I can see. And this is what we do sometimes. You know what we're going to do? We're going to turn the binoculars around because when I look this way, I can see the whole two rows of this church. Different perspective. Sometimes we have two focus close up in our own lives and what's going on. We need to turn around the spiritual binoculars in our life and see the big picture of what God's doing. Because we can't see the forest for the trees. The trees of your life, the problems, the issues, the stuff that confronts you and restricts you. They become so, so much a focus of your life that you need to turn the binoculars around and see how God sees it. First point, three keys to seeing God's way. First key is we need to be spiritual beings. Of course, we're spiritual beings. You know, I reckon this is... I'm guessing, okay, this is really bad, but I've done surveys with my leadership team and some people in the church. I asked them this question. I said, what percentage of your life do you think you walk in the carnal, in the flesh, as opposed to being a spiritual person? You know what the average result on the survey was? 80 to 90%. They, most of the people felt that 80 to 90% of their life, they walk in the flesh. I want us to think in our week, how much of our week we walk in the flesh as opposed to the spirit. It's a challenging question. We would say, yeah, of course we're spiritual people. Of course, that's obvious. But day by day, is it true? Do we truly walk in the spirit? 
live in the Spirit. Watchman Nee said, A spiritual man is not a man born again, but a man born again and walking in alignment with the Spirit ruling their life, not their flesh, but their Spirit reigns in their life. Fantastic scripture from two kings that you know very well. Don't be afraid, the prophet said, those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. As the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike these people with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Please close your eyes right now. I want to do something. Oh God, I pray for every person's situation right now where they just see an army surrounding them. They just see an army out to destroy them in their situation, whether it be finances or employment or family or whatever it may be. I pray right now, Jesus, that like that servant, Spirit of God, you would open our eyes to see that there is an army surrounding, Lord, with chariots of fire that are there to give us the victory in our situations. Help us not to see the natural army and the giants that surround us, but help us to see the unseen realm and the army and the chariots of fire that surround this church and these ministries in your lives and your families. Help us to see the way you see God. Amen. It's awesome to hear one of the girls say that she saw an angel at camp. Another one saw Jesus in his robe. It's amazing. I wish they'd show me that stuff. Matthew 16, verse 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. This is a New Living Translation. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Oh God, help us not to be like that. Help us not to see things from a human point of view, but from your perspective. Reinhard Bonnke is an amazing man. No doubt you've heard of him. I went to Hillsong this year and uh, oh, first sermon he preached within 10 minutes, I was crying. I didn't know why, but I was crying like a baby. And I don't cry much. I was crying like a baby. I didn't even know why. Just a passion for souls, just from hearing him talk. At 10 years of age, God spoke to him that he'd be an evangelist to Africa. One day it was prophesied over him that in one meeting, one million souls would come to Christ. In Nigeria in the year 2000, it came to pass. About two million people in a field. One million decisions for Christ. And then, for the first time in any of his rallies, He's never felt to do it. God said, I want you to pray for them to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to show you a 30-second clip of the moment when one million people instantaneously start speaking in tongues for the first time. Get yourself ready because it's going to flip you out. Reinhard Bonnke in Nigeria, he's just prayed for people to fill the Spirit. Immediately, one million people are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Let's listen to this. Turn the sound up nice and loud so we can hear it. Pump it up a bit louder.
only thing that blew me away, it's the same God I have. He loves this area. He loves Melbourne as much as he loves Nigeria. Can you see 20, 30, 40, 50,000 in a field out here somewhere in between the beautiful green mountains? God can do it. We need to dream bigger. We need to see what God wants to do in this place. Wow. God has got such good plans, such good plans for us. Second point. Eyes opened. George, George Bernard Shaw says this, you see things and say, why? But I dream things that never were. And I say, why not? Revival in Napier and Hastings? Why not? Invasion into the primary schools? What about the high schools? What's that stadium you've got here? How many does it hold? How many? 20,000? Can it be filled? Why not? Man, you need to get this in your spirit. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. It's a bit depressing, that part. But inwardly, we're being renewed day by day, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So, we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Listen to what the message version says. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here. Listen to this. This is cool. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow. But the things we can't see now will last forever. Seeing through the seen into the unseen realm. Seeing through your circumstances to what God is trying to do. Seeing through your situations to what God is working out in the supernatural realm. Caleb saw the promised land with spirit eyes open. He saw beyond the seen into the unseen realm. In Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18, we see that the scales fall from Paul's eyes. Is it possible that we can have scales on our eyes that are stopping us seeing what God wants to see in our lives? People in this region have scales on their eyes that blind them to God. But we can even have spiritual scales over our eyes that stop us seeing the way God sees. Close your eyes again just quickly. I want you to just ask God right now where you are, if there's any scale that is covering your spiritual eyesight that is disabling you from seeing clearly spiritually into any situation, just ask God right now if that's the case and allow him to pinpoint some things right now. Jesus, I just pray that you would just by your spirit right now show us things, Lord, blind spots, Areas, Lord, where we're not seeing clearly, where you will open us to a new realm of seeing things the way you see things. And Jesus, I pray tonight, even start now, to remove those scales from our eyes that we would see clearly, crystal clear spiritual sight into and through our situations to what you are trying to do.
what you want to do in our lives in Jesus' name. In 1973, Reinhard Bonnke went to South Africa. It was early in his ministry. It's in the mid-70s. And it was a town called Kimberley of 100,000 people where he was asked to preach. He was an evangelist, but he'd only started ministering in Africa, so he took every opportunity he could to start establishing himself in the land. He went to a church of 200 old people. In fact, he was so shocked that every single person in the church had gray hair. Every single one of them. He went up to the pastor afterwards and said, what's the story? Every single person here is old. Where are the young people? So the pastor said, come with me. He put him in his car. They drove down a few miles to a warehouse. And as they're getting near the warehouse, they started to hear the music in the distance. Started to freak Bonky out. And as they got closer, it got louder and louder. And they started to pull up right to the to the uh, warehouse and there's this big warehouse and cars are everywhere people are everywhere young people there's no old people here all of this is young people and they're all over the place and the music's thumping the ground's shaking there's a big sign outside the warehouse saying disco and the pastor said this is where all the young people are it blew right up bonky away the pastor said come and have a look bonky said i, I don't i'm in my sunday suit i don't want to go said come and check it out so they came up right to the front door there's people everywhere and they opened the door and it got really loud like it was thumping you couldn't hardly hear anyone talk and everyone was dancing he shut the door and the pastor said, that's where all the young people are. And Reinhard Bonke goes, how can the church compete with this? And he was about ready to walk back to the car with a pastor and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, look again in the door. So Bonke grabbed the door and opened it up. And he looked in. And then he closed it. And he said, God, you showed me on the faces of every young person in there that although they seem to have fun, they're empty and they're searching for something and they're not finding it there. And God spoke to him and said, find the manager and ask him if you can preach there. Ask him for five minutes. So they opened the door and they went in and they looked around and finally they went upstairs to where the manager was and they shut the door behind them to keep some of the noise out and so I could be heard too. And the manager had the open shirt and the gold chain and the hair everywhere. He had the flares. He had the hair. And right a bonky in his church suit said, I want to preach for five minutes. The guy laughed at him, saying, it's not going to happen. No way, sorry. And he started walking out, just ignoring them. Holy Spirit spoke to Reinhard and said, tell him what you saw. Reinhard Bonke told him what he saw on the face of the kids and he stopped in his tracks, turned around with tears in his eyes saying, I talked to my kids a few days ago who come to this disco and I was just thinking the other day the same thing, that they're not getting anything here. I'll give you five minutes tomorrow night, Saturday night, at midnight. It's going to be packed. See you then. So they went. He came back in more casual clothes. And believe it or not, he brought with him his piano accordion. Now, I don't know why Reinhard Bonnke bought his piano accordion, but he did. It must have been his security blanket. And he bought it with him. And he got there at about 10 to 12. And he's in there and the music's thumping. And he's just sitting there at the bar saying, God, you've got to help me. What on earth am I doing here? And he waited and he watched and he prayed. 
And right on midnight, the music stopped. The manager got up and said, everyone sit down. This guy's going to talk to you for five minutes. So there was no chairs. They all sat on the floor, smoking and drinking. Right now, Bonky got up and he started to preach. Within two minutes, the power of God fell on that place. He gave an altar call after five minutes and every single person gave their hearts to the Lord. A year later, a year later, he comes back to Kimberley to preach in that church. The pastor says, I want to take you for a ride. They drove down to the warehouse and as they're getting further away, there was no thumping music. As he gets closer, there's no discotheque sign there. There's a cross on the same building. <laughs> the pastor said, it's now a church. I want to show you something. And he took him to those same doors that he looked in that God had spoken to him and he opened the doors. And there was church and it was full of all the disco guys having church. The disc jockey was there. The technician guy was there. The bartender was there. They were all there. And as he opened the door, every one of them stood up and turned around and started to chant, Bonky, 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 Bonky. Mm. God showed him something. His eyes were open. And God did something miraculous. And God is the God of the miraculous. He's not the God of just doing it for Reinhard Bonnke. It's just that Bonnke believes God and acts on it. <laughs> and God just keeps showing up. What can he do with you? What group of people are going to, when we go to glory, be chanting your name because you were bold enough to tell them or to do something or to step out in faith or to see something different? Imagine God saying, go speak to the manager. Think about it for a minute. But, oh, the obedience and the result of that is powerful, 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 powerful. Last point is energies focused. Philippians 3, verse 12. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection, but I keep working towards the day that I'll be finally all that Christ saved me for and wants me to be. No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm still not all I should be, but I'm focusing all my energies on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us up to heaven. Rick Beneto says this, visionaries are not special people. The gift, the gift of true vision requires only a willingness to open your eyes to first find the horizon. Once fixated on the horizon comes the ability to see beyond where the true magic of life exists. Caleb looked ahead to a promised land. I love this quote. Who's heard of Steve Jobs? Founder of Apple Computer. CEO of iPod. Who's heard of iPods then? Yeah, I thought you'd get that one. He founded it. Radical guy. He says this quote's my favorite quote in the world right now. Got to write this down. Got a pen. This is cool. Note that he's not a Christian. Okay, not a Christian. He says this. Let's make a dent in the universe. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I like that. You excited about that? I don't know about you, but before I die, I want to make a dent in the universe for God. I want to punch a hole in the gates of hell. I want to make a difference. 
I don't want to die a pathetic, wussy, lukewarm Christian that does nothing but sit on a pew and go home and they're exactly the same as anyone else. You see, I'm going to have to have a little interview with my Jesus and I'm going to have to look in his eyes of fire. And he's going to say, what did you do with your life? And I want to look in his eyes and say, Jesus, I just give it my best. I made a dent in the universe with your help. I don't want it when he looks at me going like this. I don't better eyeball those eyes of fire. Make a dent in your universe. Make a dent in your universe. There's no excuse. You have all the power you need. There are no excuses. doesn't matter about your background, your circumstance, your finances. You can make a dent in your universe. Make a choice to be one of the two. Don't be one of the ten. I'm a shy person. When I first became a Christian, I couldn't talk to a home group of ten people. A minute after I started, my lips wobbled all over the place and I stopped. I'm the most unlikely person to do anything for God. So how come in March I stood on the Telstra Dome stage and had 15,000 people and 1,800 kids give their life to the Lord? Because it's got nothing to do with me. It's God. Let's have a look at what happened on that day. Let's have a quick look at what happened on that day. KidFest, Telstra Dome. Hi, and welcome from the stage of KidFest. It's not long to go now. There's going to be thousands of kids giving their life to Jesus.
God is good. My executive pastor, I was talking to him about what I was going to do next year. And uh, I said, the sky's the limit. And he said, no, it isn't. And he's right. There is no limit what you can do in God. If you could just dream and if you could just put legs on it. It's not about you. It's about God. Coming to a close. Three things. Be a spiritual person, a spiritual being. Have your eyes opened. See things from God's perspective and focus all your energies on God. Helen Keller said the most pathetic person in the world is someone who has sight but has no vision. Let me leave you with this scripture and then I'm going to show you a video to close. I believe this is a prophetic scripture for this church. Isaiah 43, 18 to 20 from the New Living Translation. The previous verses talk about the incredible miracles that God wrought for them. Amazing deliverances. And the things that blows me away is this next verse as they've just talked about incredible miracles of God it says in verse 18 but forget about all that well there must be good reason to forget all that stuff here it is because it's nothing compared to what I'm going to do verse 19 prophetically for this church for I'm about to do a brand new thing see 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 I have already begun do you not see it I come from outside and see it I hope you guys see it I will make a pathway through the wilderness for my people to come home. I will create rivers for them in the desert. The wild animals in the field will thank me. The jackals and ostriches too for giving them water in the wilderness. Yes, I will make springs in the desert so that my chosen people can be refreshed. God wants to do a brand new thing in your life. He wants to do a brand new thing in this church. He wants to make a pathway through the wilderness. John Scully, former CEO of Apple and Pepsi, said the future belongs to those who see possibilities before they become obvious. Can I have the worship band come forward and let's close our eyes and pray? I'm not going to go to the last video. Jesus. His spirit is here to bring revelation to us tonight. He wants us to see different as we walk out this place. God has an agenda for this house. God has an agenda for this community. And you are slap bang in the middle of it. And he's looking for an army that see differently, that are different, that act different, that believe different. Spirit of God. I just ask right now, in this place that your spirit would just come and rest upon us why don't you stand and lift our hands where we are just as the band played quietly oh God it's so true you are a faithful God and there's a community out there that are so desperate for you they do have no hope oh God so many of those kids are hearing hopelessness so many families are in desperate situations people are so lost oh God would you birth in us a fresh passion for those that don't know you 
God, forgive us for our apathy at times. Forgive us, Lord, for seeing so much of the time with our own eyes, for being bogged down in our own circumstances, for too often being carnal people and not spiritual people, for not seeing from your point of view. God, help us to be people who see the way you see. Lord, see our family the way you see them. See our kids the way you see them. See the young people the way you see them. See the children the way you see them. See the government the way you see them. See this community the way you see them. Give us a glimpse of your blueprint for this land. It's a blueprint of revival. It's a blueprint of an ingathering of a harvest. It's a blueprint of breakthrough. And I speak over this church a brand new thing that would start in the hearts of every individual. That right now in Jesus' name, as we stand here with our hands lifted up, that you would open our eyes to see differently. That you would show us things that we've not seen before. That we wouldn't look at the army that surrounds us, but we'd see the army that's chariots of fire surrounding this church and this community and our lives in Jesus' name. And God, would you put in us something new and you fire to go out and change our world? Would you put in us a passion to dent our universe? We want to make a difference. We want to be like Caleb and Joshua. We want their spirit that looks at the giant and says it's nothing. That giant is the grasshopper, not me. That giant is the grasshopper, not me. My God is so big and so strong and so mighty and so awesome. And we praise you today, right now in Jesus' name, for breakthrough in this church and for breakthrough in this community and for breakthrough in the schools and in the primary schools and in the high schools and over our young people and over our senior saints. Oh God, move in this land. Move in this land. Move in this land by your spirit. Come, holy God, and move in power. Move in glory. Come and visit us. Come and move, God. We want you. Come, come, come. Oh, God, touch us. We want you, God. Come and move on our lives. Come and touch us afresh. Help us to see what you see. Give us, God, vision. Give us, God, vision. Oh, God, we want you. Just breathe upon us right now. I ask Holy Spirit, just breathe upon us. That we would walk out of this place with new perspective. That we would leave some scales here on the carpet, God. Oh, Jesus, that we would lift our heads high and see the way you see. Oh, God, that we would look down, but we would look up at you. And that we would look down, Lord, not as downcast, but down with a God perspective at the big picture, Lord. That we would turn the binoculars around and see what you're doing, God. Do what I pray. Do what I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. And, Lord, for those kids at camp. Would you complete the work you've begun? Would you put a fire so deep in their bones they can't contain it? Raise up young warriors with small feet, I pray. Cause them to change their schools, God. Cause them to touch their parents right now. Oh God, I even pray right now. Around the supper table, that kids are going to be sharing with their unchurched parents about the power of God. And that you're going to come and touch them right now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You are awesome.
Christ, Lord God, we just declare, Father God. Lord, we just declare power, Lord God. Father, we just declare revival in the city. Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, in Jesus' name, we declare it, Holy Ghost. Father, we declare it, Holy Ghost. Lord, in Jesus' name. We declare it, Lord. We declare it, Lord. We declare it, Lord. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. We're just going to finish with this song. You know, don't leave this place just thinking that was a good message. Allow it to actually minister to your heart and change your life. Allow it to actually minister to the way that you look at things and actually change your life, change your viewpoint. Come on, we need to think bigger than what we do. Amen? Amen.